Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. Hello, old chap. Guten Tag, guten Abend. How you going? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's Monday night, another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tonight's recommended drink. Uh, nice, warm sake. Today's recommended snack. Special number six, which is fried rice with shrimp. Thank you for joining us. Skull. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this a Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. I hope you had a lovely weekend. I certainly did. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, you're probably going to die of coronavirus. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bro. You know, you've got to do what you can. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining us in the chat. <clears throat> absolute pleasure. Yes. I don't want to alarm anybody, but I'm afraid the end of the world is nigh. Hey, we had a good run. We had a pretty good run, I know. Um, But surprisingly, the end of the world is not going to come from China. Shock horror. Newsflash. The end of the world, the beginning of the end of the world, is actually happening right here in little old down under Australia. And we're going to go over all of the things that you need to know about the end of the world, all of the things that you need to know to be in preparation for the end of the world. Although you can't really prepare for the end of the world because that's pretty much it, right? So I don't know. Go out, have lots of sex, do drugs. I don't know, whatever the hell you want to do. Um, if you want to pray, that that's probably okay too. It's probably fine too. Whatever tickles your pickle, comrades. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the diamond, Gary Vance. Thank you for the diamonds, guys. So much to get through and so little time. Um, I won't be doing the Trump rally tonight. I did I did a Trump thing last weekend. I did the State of the Union address. There's going to be hundreds of rallies. <laughs> There's going to be heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps of rallies in the next, I don't know, nine months or whatever it is. So uh, I won't do it tonight. I'll just power on through. But if you want to leave this show and watch the president uh, talk about Black unemployment, Hispanic unemployment, the wall, uh, the trade deals, the new the new NAFTA agreement, which is the YMCA, the Space Force, um, the stopping the drugs at the border, the de- deportation of criminals in record numbers that we've never had before. It, it, I mean, if you want to see that, that's cool. You can do that. That's fine. <laughs> I don't blame you. But, you know, spoiler alert, I pretty much just wrote the whole fucking speech right there. So <laughs> I pretty much explained everything. That's all. It's up to you. Thank you for joining us. Like I said, so much to get through and so little time, especially since the end of the world is practically upon us. Um, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper, become a subscriber. Oh, the Gainey! Gypsy, thank you for dropping the Gainey in my lap, but I'm, I'm afraid I must ask, where did you steal the Ninja Gainey, Gypsy? 
Who did you steal the ninjagini from, Gypsy? Where did you get the ninjagini, Gypsy? Thank you for joining us. Uh, and of course, if you would like to steal a ninjagini and then bring it to bring it to me and drop it in my lap, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Before we get to the end of the world, well, maybe this ties in. The end of the world, apparently, like the end of a civilization, historically, has always been marked by excessive hedonism, uh, self, self. What am I looking for here? God, it's Monday. I need another sip of smart juice. Mm. It's been my end of the world historically has been marked by a preoccupation in that that particular society or that particular civilization of, like I said, hedonism, nihilism, self-importance, self-obsession, shallow, obsessed with, you know, consumables, obsessed with wealth. A very inward-looking society tends to to predate the end of said society. So maybe this ties into it. I want to bring you our first article here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on this edition of The Daily Boogie. The age of celebrity is dead. It's dead. Um, The Oscars were on here live yesterday afternoon, which means the majority of the viewing audience in Australia was probably uh, single mothers, unemployed people, and alcoholics which is probably the same thing for the United States. I'm not sure. So as as, we, as we've all become accustomed to, the moral finger wagging, the lecturing and whatnot, I saw this article floating around on Twitter earlier and I thought it was a pretty good, concise, little succinct take. I couldn't find much wrong with it. The internet has killed the Hollywood star. As always, everything we refer to will be in the show notes. Come friendly bombs and fall on Hollywood. I like how he's using an artistic writing tone already (laughs) to describe Hollywood. A little hyperbolic, a little verbose. Of course, my interest was piqued almost immediately. Come friendly bombs and fall on Hollywood. It isn't fit for doing good. Another year, another dreadful Oscars. Another round of moral lectures from the beautiful people. It's all so tiresome. The only reason most people pay attention to these irritating awards ceremonies is precisely so they can be irritated. Hate watching, as it's otherwise known. So there was a vegan theme at this year's Academy Awards. So the show had no host. So Brad Pitt is angry about impeachment. So someone said workers of the world unite. Did someone really say workers of the world unite? (laughs) It's interesting considering how little they pay their workers in Hollywood. Even the writers. <laughs> so, Yaqueen Phoenix, I'm going to call him Jockin, Jockin Phoenix, is mad in all senses about what mankind is doing to the animal kingdom. So, Natalie Portman, in what she called My Subtle Way, had the names of the women directors who weren't nominated for uh, awards sewn into her dress. That'll show them. That'll learn them. So what? All these people are ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing they say makes any difference to anything. Well, that's not true. (laughs) I've got a bone to pick. That's that's obviously not true. It was enough to make you write this fucking article, wasn't it? So obviously it's making a difference to something, somewhere, somehow. Actors are increasingly aware, thanks in part to Ricky Gervais's wonderful ribbing of them at the Golden Globes, that nobody cares what they think. 
At some unconscious level, these actors must know that they don't really know anything about politics or the real world. Yes, but they're actors. You know, if you had have if if you had have got me like five, ten years ago, like I'm going to be 100% straight up honest with you right now. If you had have got me when I was like a bit younger and a bit more angry and a bit more, you know, a bit more activist minded rather than the boogie bumper, you know, and don't love today. I see a lot of people who say things like as soon as a, like, so Brad Pitt, for example, Brad Pitt came out and said what he said about uh, John Bolton. It was, it was like a throwaway line, a kind of joke. You know what I mean? What did he say? Well, you know, the people didn't get this. This has got as much attention as John Bolton got in the Senate hearings. Like it was like, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> so funny. It wasn't that big of a deal. But then I saw people reacting, like, "That's it. I used to like this guy, but I'm never. I'm going to take all of the DVDs and all of the movie memorabilia I have of Brad Pitt, and I'm going to fucking burn it. I hate him now. Fuck him. Fuck Brad Pitt." Ah. <laughs> If you had have got me a few years ago, I might have had more sympathy with that. Like, and I'm not even a big movie guy. I'm not a big movie watcher. I don't get into the cult of celebrity. I've always thought the cult of celebrity is rather silly, right? Just my own personal view. I really don't care what celebrities do. But my caring for what celebrities do or say is not based on whether or not what they do or say personally aligns with what I think, right? So if, you know, if Brad Pitt or Robert De Niro, who is a fucking little more annoying, to be honest, but if these actors come out and say things about, you know, politics or what they believe is right and stuff, I, I really don't care. And that's the thing, like not caring means not getting angry about it, right? They're going to they're gonna say shit. They're going to say stuff. So, you know... I can I can understand not liking it. You don't have to like it. But I still think Brad Pitt's a fucking amazing actor. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm probably still going to watch movies with Brad Pitt in it because I think he's such a good actor. I like watching him in movies because he's so good at it. Yeah, you know, If you want to boycott, that's fine, boycott. But, but I don't know. at some point, the, the, the rage has to come down. Like the rage has to come back. Thank you for the follow. See you in hell. If if what people are aiming for is a de-escalation in like the culture wars or whatever, if what people is, are aiming for is for eventually everybody to get on, then then getting on at some point means not threatening to throw yourself off a bridge when an actor says something you don't like. You know what I mean? Getting on is like saying... Oh, okay, Brad. You don't like you don't like Trump. Okay, no worries. <laughs> Whatever. So, when's your next movie? Like, I don't care. What, I don't care if you like Trump or not. When's your next flick, bro? You know what I mean? But I don't know. Are people even are people even capable of that now? I'm not sure. I mean, and to be I, I, don't take me the wrong way. Of course, they're not helping the situation. The actors themselves could take this advice as well and say well you know what maybe i won't use my platform as an oscar winner to lecture you know 50 percent of the people 
around the world even not just because it's a global audience the oscars it's not just the united states maybe i won't use my platform to morally finger wag at people but they're gonna do it anyway so i don't i don't know what we're supposed to do um you can either get angry or not i mean that's that's pretty much it they're, they're pretty much your only two options and like i said i'm probably still going to watch a movie from time to time so i don't know i don't know what to tell you uh they can't admit this to themselves this is the article of course human nature being what it is so Ring they the double bell down and get your cheese man thank you for the thank you for the sub gypsy where did you steal the sub gypsy they convince themselves that an angry reaction to their moralizing is an indication that they have dared to speak truth. How brave they are. And so the infuriating cycle continues. Actors end up almost trolling the public and the pub public trolls them back on social media. The Oscars have always been fundamentally silly, but 10 years ago they were still a major event. Celebrities still lectured people in their annoying self-congratulatory way. That, that, that's the other thing. This isn't new, right? I think what's new is our reaction to it. To be to be brutally honest, I don't think that anything has really changed. Actors were moralizing uh, the country back in the 60s about shit like the Vietnam War. How many fucking celebrities and musicians were singing songs and doing uh, activist marches about the Vietnam War? Right? That's it's this is not new. I think what's new is, you know, for one, like social media and the internet, because now the disagreement that people have cannot be ignored like it used to be ignored. I think that's, is that a fair thing to say? Once upon a time, it didn't matter if 80% of the population didn't agree with what the actors and the politicians and the musicians and the artists were saying about politics. Thank you for the diamond rat hunter. It didn't matter because you could just ignore them and just continue writing newspaper articles, continue putting out the opinion pieces, continue talking on the panel shows, continue writing songs and having people buy records. It didn't matter if people didn't like it. You could pretend that everybody agreed, but now they can't pretend that everybody agrees. So maybe our reaction to it isn't even that different. It's just the fact that now people have an avenue in order to display their dissatisfaction with what the celebrities think. I'm not sure. But, you know, celebrities saying things about politics, I don't think it's a new thing. I honestly don't. And, and again, it might, be, it might feel new because you really like Trump more than you liked other politicians as well. Thank you, Space Force Droid. Very generous of you. Dropping a Ninja Genie in my lap. Thank you so much. This is the article again. The internet has killed the Hollywood star. Fame has been disrupted. Andy Warhol got it slightly wrong when he said that in the future, everybody will be famous for 15 minutes. In fact, thanks to social media, everybody is famous to at least 15 people. <laughs> Myself included. Instagram, Twitter and Facebook mean we don't have to ogle stars anymore. We are too busy ogling ourselves. Yes, different types of celebrities have grown online. The influencers, the YouTubers, the streamers, and they too will try to use their position to grandstand. But the age of celebrity... I, I, no, notice how he leaves journalists out of that list. Funny that. <laughs> YouTubers, streamers, uh, influencers, nothing for the online content creators. Nothing for the written content specialists, I see. I oh, know, we, we take ourselves out of the equation. 
here at The Spectator. But to the age of celebrity of mass entertainers, mattering as anything other than entertainment is dying, it won't be missed. I couldn't agree more. And I do, I do have one more interesting story before we get to the end of the world. I don't think that this necessarily represents the end of the world, but maybe this will be the place to watch the end of the world. Who knew about this? I didn't know about this until like 20 minutes ago. Black News Channel. That's a, and say, it's a, that's what the channel's called. It's called Black News Channel. Black News. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is it is it Black News or is it Black People Doing News? I don't know. You tell me. First 24-7 news network created by black people for black people. So they're relaunching FUBU, but FUBU is going to become a media company from what I can gather. It launches in the US. There's a there's a black man in a suit. I, I don't know who he is. <laughs> Apparently, I think he's on the black news channel. The black news channel, the first 24-hour news channel created by black people for black people launched on Monday. I tried to load up the website, but it wouldn't let me for some reason. The new network, founded by former rep J.C. Watts from Oklahoma and reaches 33 million households in heavy African-American markets, including New York, Los Angeles and Atlanta. BNC is based in Tallahassee, Florida. Because of those low taxes, you see. Isn't that, isn't that adorable? <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to keep our overheads down. We'll base it in Florida, where there is historically lower taxes than New York and LA, but we'll market it to people in New York and LA. You can just imagine it, can't you? Oh, we need to raise taxes. We need to get those taxes up. We've got to pay for shit. People need shit out there in the world. People need shit out there in the community, New York and LA. Coming to you live from the relatively relative tax haven of Florida. Quote, I think there needs to be a more comprehensive story told about the African-American community and we'll have a venue to do that. We're not looking to be liberal or conservative, he added. We want to provide a venue for African-Americans to have a voice and to be part of the dialogue that's going on in the country, be it incarceration reform or impeachment. Starting well, isn't it? On-air talent includes former Fox News anchor and reporter Kelly Wright, former CNN and TBS host Fred Hickman. So it's unity over there. Uh, libertarian radio host Larry Elder, who I think is fucking fantastic. Former Fox 44 anchor Lauren McCoy and former CBS journalist Lauren McGee. So they really are. Like, to be fair, they're hiring Fox News. They've got Larry Elder. They've got CNN. They've got NBC. See, I should have pre-read this. Thank you for the diamond, Mr. Gallego. Uh, I should have pre-read this because I was going to say, well, I say I don't care if there's a if there's a black news channel. I don't care if there's a white news channel. There, red ice, I think it's called. <laughs> but I don't, I don't care. Go for it. But I, I I just always find it strange. So it's for black people. It's by black people for black people. Like, is I, am I not allowed to reference it? Am I not allowed to watch it? Should I watch it? See, if it's for black people by black people, does that mean that everyone else shouldn't? Like, is that, am I getting nothing out of this? Of course not, because you'll also be told 
you know, on the flip side, that you should watch it because you're not getting enough exposure to black voices and black communities and what issues black people face. And it's like, oh, okay, so should I watch the black news channel? No, no, that's for black people. Okay, so where am I? What, am I, what the hell am I supposed to do here? It's like when Black Panther came out. We did a video about it. It was, a, remember, Black Panther was a cultural event. And the way it was marketed was so beautifully ironic. It was all of the black people have to go out and watch this because there's only black people in it. And all of the white people have to go out and watch this because there's only black people in it. <laughs> Which, again, I just find... Str- I, I don't care if there's only black people in it, but I find the way that you describe it and try to, you know, guilt people into watching it for some reason, I find that re- strange and bizarre. I mean, just to say it's, it's a movie with all black people in it, watch it if you want. That's, that's good enough for me. No, no, no. White people, you have to watch it because you don't understand what it's like. Uh, okay. Fine. <laughs> right? I can't tell you how excited I am there's going to be a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week black news channel. Rep Karen Bass from California, of course. Uh, chairwoman of the Congressional Black Caucus said at a recent launch event, I was thrilled from day one. A 2012 Nielsen Media Research study showed that more than nine in ten African Americans believe that a black-owned media is more relevant to them. We've been really pushing for diversity and inclusion in the broadcast space and cable news, and it's because we live in a multiracial civil society, said Yvette Clark from New York. At the launch event, far too uh, for far too long, our media didn't speak to that, and today still doesn't speak to that diversity. Black News Channel will fill a void in many spaces. But is it really diversity if it's segregated at the office door? Just a question. Again, I don't have a problem with people... freely associating and voluntarily entering into associations based on whatever metric they want, based on whatever uh, immutable characteristic they want. If they only want to have black people doing news, then fine. That's fine. But can you really call it diversity when you, you know, if a white guy applies for a job and you say, no, you can't be here because you're white? Like, And the same applies in other areas. Say, I don't care about what's happening. Just don't call it something else. It's not diverse. It's not like, oh, we're doing diversity here. This is the opposite. This is segregation of news. Whatever. Logic doesn't matter anymore. Logic, people don't seem to care about logic at all at this point. So it's like, okay, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) I'm not allowed to watch it anyway, so who gives a fuck? All right. The end of the world, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Like I said, you're on the Daily Boogie podcast. The end of the world. We all thought it was going to be in China. And I do have some coronavirus stuff to get to later on. But it's not. The end of the world is actually happening in Australia. We had the horrific bushfires of last month. But that was last month. And a whole bunch of people sent up a whole bunch of prayers and said, Jesus Christ, God, please save us from the bushfires. And God said, okay, motherfuckers, you asked for this, and he gave us this instead. Good evening. Days of torrential downpours have overwhelmed the city, (laughs) swallowing suburbs whole as rivers broke their banks, triggering some of the worst flooding seen in decades. While there was plenty of warning about the rain, no one could have predicted the mess the massive storms would leave behind. Some residents forced to swim from their homes 
in the middle of the night. I don't know. What do you prefer? Choose your poison. Would you rather run from your home, which is bursting into flames? Okay, that's option one. Would you rather run from your home uh, as it's being engulfed by a bushfire? Or would you rather swim from your home before you drown in your living room? The tough choice. I've got to go with swimming, I think. I'd, I think I'd rather swim away than run away from a fire because fires move fast. And when it comes to swimming away from a disaster, I, like it's in my hands. You know, if I'm unfit and drown, well, that's on me. I probably should have worked out more. But if it's a fire, there's nothing you can do because those things move like fire. Water a metre deep and lapping at the hallway. Oh. The beds floating oh. in the mucky grime. Much of the contents of his home gym have washed away. <laughs> but Dragon Marginic counts himself lucky that he safely escaped his Chipping Norton home. I get out last night, nine o'clock. Yeah, I swim through there. You swam through the water. I swam through the water, come down here, my daughter picked me up. Residents had been watching the Georges River for days, but in the early hours of this morning, it started to rapidly rise. Those who had boats began helping others evacuate. This this is not in some like little country town, like in the middle of nowhere. This is a suburb of Sydney. Like to get from where this place is on the Georges River to get to the middle of the, the central business, uh, business district in Sydney is about a 25-minute drive, if that. So it's not, it's not far. Evacuate. A grim water cruise revealing submerged vehicles and street signs peeking out above the current. Great point in the chat from Black Banner. Fire makes your beer hot, floods don't. There you go. Done. Solved. Turning light. Uh... By morning, the road was a lake. Houses appearing to float alongside boats. Unbelievable. Cars stranded. Water kept rising, rising. And then I got out of my car. And then all the water went in my car, filled it up. And yeah, just had to swim out. Residents who'd chosen to stay had taken refuge on higher ground or were relying on alternate transport. <laughs> while at nearby Lansbury... It's, it's like a poverty version of Venice, isn't it? <laughs> ...backyards had turned to swimming pools. Residents using whatever they could find... We've, we've replaced the singing man on the gondola with an immigrant on a jet ski. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> mate, you want to pick up? Hey, I'll get you the other side of the river, mate. Here you going, mate? Yeah, what's with this fucking weather, eh, mate? Fucking sick, eh? Yeah, mate, me fucking home gin all flooded out, eh? Lost me bar me barbells, lost me dumbbells, lost me exercise bike. Fucking bullshit, mate. Fine to scoop. When's the government going to do something about all this fucking water, eh, mate? About water in disbelief. <laughs> what's the guy with the bucket doing? Come on, man. <laughs> Pause. Look at Residents this. use. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh, but surely somebody... I mean, it's up to his knees. And he's he's there with, like, one tiny little bucket. It's, at some point, you've got to walk up to the poor old fellow and go, Dad, 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 you're not helping, okay? <laughs> All right, I'm going to go clean out the garage. <laughs> you're going to be there a fucking while, Dad. This might be one of those situations where you just have to wait for the water to, you know, subside on its own. I'm not sure bailing out the garage with a bucket when it's up to your fucking knees is going to do much, Granddad. <laughs> God bless him for trying, though. You know what I mean? Using whatever they could. He's doing his laundry. <laughs> 
could find to scoop out water in disbelief at just how high it got. Come up, the water come here. Shit. The Georges River peaked here at around 3 o'clock this morning at a height of 5.4 metres. That's the highest level recorded since 1988. The deluge hit hard across Sydney in Penrith. The Nepean River broke Penrith, woo! its banks. The SES coming to the aid of this elderly resident at Oxley Park carried through the floodwaters to safety. The SES is the uh, emergency services. So like if a tree falls into your house or something like that, you call the SES. It's a government department. The SES, I heard last night, the SES in four hours received 38,000 phone calls. Like roofs getting ripped off, houses flooding, people trapped in cars, people trapped in their houses, cars floating off down the street, damage, right? Electrical wires being ripped down, trees getting ripped down, 38,000 calls in four, four hours. And then, I, and then I had to watch like on social media and other places uh, later, uh, earlier today, people complaining that their calls weren't being answered. Like it's, it's moments like that where I really just lose all fucking hope for human beings. You know what I mean? Like, are you not fucking paying attention? Do you not see what is happening outside your window? Do you think that you are literally the only person in a city of 5 million people that has had some kind of issue in the last four hours? I don't understand. There's a tree, a tree fell into my garage and I call up the SES and they say that they're too fucking busy to come and fix it. Fuck them. I don't want to have to deal with this. I'm trying to watch the Oscars. Thank you very much. It's like, fucking shut up. There we go. At Oakdale, a community recently threatened by bushfires, this was Burragarang Road, literally washed away in the storm. Nice. While nearby at Picton, businesses spent the night sandbagging and preparing for the worst. It's getting close, isn't it? Waking up to a soggy clean-up. Soggy. With mud to about here, um, water, water was basically throughout the, the premises. Communities along the Hawkesbury River have also been experiencing minor flooding, Rural properties surrounded uh, by a brown sea. Crops underwater and walls uh, cut fuck. off. And Pete, it's not just water that's going to be needed to be cleaned up. It's also fallen trees like this one here behind me at Willoughby. This tree has fallen on the front of a car. It's also lying across the footpath and it's landed in somebody's front yard. But we're seeing trees like this scattered across. That's, that's a big fucking tree. <laughs> If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see that tree looks it, it looks like one of those trees you would see in a documentary that's like fucking 400 years old. You know, the kind of tree that an environmentalist would chain themselves to to stop a bulldozer. It's okay, mother nature takes care of it. Mother nature just does the job for us. Across Sydney, some have fallen on roads, they've also fallen on buildings, and sadly in the southern highlands Okay, Nadine's put something in the chat, uh, link in the chat. I never normally do this, but let's see what Nadine's given us. Forget the car because a jet ski has been used to... Okay. <laughs> she said, this sums up Australian culture perfectly. <laughs> I, just by hearing the first sentence, I have to agree. <laughs> Forget the car because a jet ski has been used to order Maccas on the New South Wales central coast <laughs> after you're down... Yes! 
fantastic. <laughs> J- Jimmy, don't go out. It's flooding. Can't you see it's flooding? Nah, I got this, Mum. Do you want a Big Mac? Do you want a Happy Meal? What do you want? Do you want an apple pie? I'm get- it's all right. I'll go get it. Forget the car because a jet ski has been used to order Maccas on the New South Wales <laughs> Central Coast oh, yes. after a down... <laughs> the guy at the battle. Yes. <laughs> ...pour turns streets into rivers, making the most of the wet weather. The man can be seen... Zipping up the street, looking very McCaffey. Oh. Did you get that? Oh, why did you have to ruin it? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. The real question, though, does the jet ski come with a cup holder? Probably oh. does. Probably does. Like, oh. the, the, thing is, the thing is funny enough on its own. The end of the world, ladies and gentlemen. So if the fires don't get you and the floods don't get you, this is a special request from our friend Joy of Pessy. By the way, follow Joy of Pessy at on DLive, dlive.tv slash Joy of Pessy for Saturday night movie fun, shitting on crappy movies. Uh, if the fires don't get you, if the floods don't get you, then the sex-crazed killer spiders most certainly will. Rain after Australia bushfires finally wakes sexually frustrated killer spiders. Yes. Yes. God, I love this fucking country. <laughs> If, if you live to be like 70 or 80 years old and you're an Australian, you earned it. You earned that right. 70 years old in Australia is like, I don't know, 30 in other places around the world. Because if you consider the odds that you'll be killed by something or someone, then if you make it to 70, it's a, it's a fucking miracle, to be honest with you. Australia's poisonous funnel web spiders have endured a late start to the mating season due to the country's devastating wildfires, but now the ground is moist. Mm, moist. They're ready to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some spider love. Uh, if you want to have a look at a funnel web spider, here's, here's what the happy little critters look like. Oh, yes. Isn't he adorable? Look at these adorable little funnel webs. Oh, look at him. Yep. Oh, hiding in the washing basket. That's a good one, isn't it? So you can see the little fangs there that they use to inject the poison into you. Um, The most common way, actually, believe it or not, because I live in an area that is like really, it's rampant with funnel web spiders. This is where they come from, where I live. They're locals here. Uh, the most common way for people to be bitten by a funnel web spider, believe it or not, is while they're asleep in bed, <laughs> which should put everyone's mind at ease. Uh, they they crawl up the bed, like they crawl up the post of the bed and they bite people on the feet or on the legs, uh, sometimes on the genitals, which is most embarrassing for you and the spider. And they reckon, I heard somewhere like a fun little fact that they they say that over the course of a year, you will inhale and swallow about half a dozen spiders in your sleep and not even realise it. So, <laughs> Lane Pear in the chat says, why do you like to scare us? Oh, it's not that bad. You get used to spiders. Isn't he adorable? What a lovely little critter he is. Uh, okay, what, am I stuck on this fucking screen now? Thank you. Rains were welcomed with great relief in Australia this weekend as the country continues to be ravaged by relentless walls of deadly wildfires. The damper weather has also much appreciate has was also much appreciated by a hairier, leggier variety of Australian. Are they t- are they talking about my wife? <laughs> Thanks to the fires, 
The country's native funnel web spiders. Go away. The natives, uh, the country's native funnel web spiders are not only amongst the world's most dangerous arachnids, but they're also sexually frustrated. You've got to watch out for the horny spiders. They're dangerous enough when they've been satisfied sexually. Don't try to cock block um, a, an, a horny funnel web. You will come off second best. Horny funnel webs were forced to lie in wait as the infernos raged. Thank you for the diamond, Rat Hunter. As the infernos raged above their earthen burrows, causing a delay to their typical mating season. So now they're making up for lost time. But scientists say the past weekend's rainfall and summery temperatures have created ideal conditions for males to finally emerge above ground and head out on the prowl for mates. Australian Reptile Park has warned of a funnel web spider bonanza during... <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, I love a bonanza! Oh, it's a deadly spider bonanza. Oh, that doesn't sound nearly as exciting. During the southern months to come, Keeper Jake Mimi told the ABC, the spiders will finally get a chance to thrive following the past weekend's rainfall and warm weather. Warm weather. He urged adult Aussies who are feeling brave to collect live spiders to help build anti-venom reserves. So he... <laughs> Fucking good luck with that. Right? <laughs> He's, he's asking just average, you know, everyday people, by the way, this deadly spider, which is keen for sex and will have sex with anything that moves, uh, could you just go around and collect them from your house and bring them to me so we can do a little bit of research? <laughs> people are like, oh, yeah, sure, man. Don't fucking touch the spider. Get the fucking shoes. Squash that piece of shit. Oh, yeah, no worries. I'll scoop them all up for you live and put them in a jar and bring them to your office. Okay. Funnel web spiders are attracted to water and can be lured by placing a cotton bud dipped in water or moist soil in a jar. The captive arachnids are unable to climb the slippery surface of glass or plastic and can be stowed in a jar and ferried off to the experts for milking. Thank you for the diamond sleep lady. They're milking the spiders. There has been little reprieve for Australian wildlife in the wake of devastating bushfires sweeping the country this summer. Images of dead and suffering native koalas and kangaroos have broken hearts around the world. And, of course, the image of a deadly funnel web spider breaks no hearts whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Australians are being warned to watch out for funnel webs as they are expected to begin their belated mating season with vigour. Adult male funnel webs are more aggressive than females and have been implicated in most, if not all, bite deaths. However, fatalities have been halted by the country's anti-venom initiative. So nothing to worry about. Spider milker is a shit job, says Hillbilly, Hillbilly Harry in the chat. So there you have it. Rain after Australia bushfires finally wake sexually frustrated spiders. If you wanted any more indications, this is a very Australia-centric episode tonight if you wanted any more evidence ladies and gentlemen if you wanted any more indicators that the end of the world is finally upon us i have to show you this little report <laughs> you are not gonna fucking believe this even i live here and i don't believe it <laughs> uh just to the north of me is the wonderful the beautiful state of queensland ladies and gentlemen uh the, they're Every state has a slogan, right? So in New South Wales, our slogan is rather boring. It's called the Premier State. 
Like, fucking anybody can come up with that. The slogan for Queensland is the Sunshine State, and they say it's beautiful one day and perfect the next, right? That's what they say about Queensland. And it is lovely up there. Uh, but this little town in Queensland, maybe... <laughs> this little town in Queensland seems to be experiencing something that may detract from its tourism industry, which usually thrives. Uh, here's another example, ladies and gentlemen, of the end of the world happening in Australia right now. If it's not the fires, if it's not the floods, if it's not the sex-crazed killer spiders, then maybe it's the flying critters you have to worry about. The noise is deafening, the stench worse, but locals are powerless to get rid of them unless they break the law. This is just like from a horror movie. And it was like a bat tornado over the town. That's how bad it was. It just seems to me that every bat in Australia is now in England. It's a town under siege. <laughs> a bat tornado. <laughs> it seems like every bat in Australia is now in our town. Quote, it looks like something from a horror movie. <laughs> Iceman in the chat saying, look at the birds. No, no, they're not birds. They're not birds, Iceman. They're bats. Let's listen to them. Overrun by bats that outnumber the population by hundreds of thousands. It just stinks. It, It stinks. Infiltrating every corner of the town and putting lives at risk. What was your biggest fear when you got scratched? Um, am I gonna die? Like, what's going to happen? Get rid of the bats. We, we've, we've had enough. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's been going on for way too long. It's mid-morning in Ingham in North Queensland. Ingham. And in the centre of the normally quiet town, <laughs> there's a cacophony of screeches. <laughs> the problem that we're having is that we're, we're seemingly being in, uh, influxed by more and more animals and the roost cannot handle it. The botanical gardens are overrun wow. with bats. Aren't they cute, though? Aren't they adorable? But I always, when I was a kid, I wanted a pet bat. Apparently, you're not allowed to keep them as pets. But I tried, man. I wanted a bat. I wanted a pet, little, I wanted a pet bat to, like, hang off my finger and give him little coochie-coos on the belly, little scratches on the nose. I think they're fucking adorable. I, 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 honestly, I honestly don't know why people, like, uh, hate them so. Like, they're scared of bats. Like, if they say, like, look at that face, man. How can you not love that face? Look at his big eyes, his cute little nose. They're like little foxes with wings. They're adorable. <laughs> of course, when there is, you know, half a million of them screeching and shitting on everything, then I can understand the frustration. But if it's just one in a cage, then come on. Who wouldn't want a pet bat? Every inch of every branch is covered with them. Mayor Raymond J.O. says they've now reached biblical plague proportion. Yeah! <laughs> biblical plagues! Yes! I fucking told you. Remember a couple of weeks ago uh, we spoke about that story in Somalia? Or did we speak about it or just do it on Twitter? I think it was a Twitter thing. There was a story in Somalia about the locusts plague going around, eating up all the crops. We've got epic floods, right? So we've got fires. We've got floods. 
We've got Sodom and Gomorrah doing what they do over in LA. <laughs> We've got plagues of locusts. And now we have a biblical plague of bats. Winged creatures, ladies and gentlemen. Winged beasts. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the end of the fucking world. It's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. It's, a nightmare. it's truly disgusting. Some of the trees are so full of bats, they're constantly breaking. <laughs> That's a lot of bats. <laughs> the bats are tearing the trees down, ladies and gentlemen. There are so many bats in the trees that the trees cannot withstand the weight. They are collapsing in parks everywhere. There was a funny story here, like, years ago, like, I don't know, about 15 years ago. And it was a school. There was a school, right? So what happened, right? Bats never used to be a really big problem. But I think it was, like, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Nadine in the chat, like, lives roughly in the same area that I do. So she might know. She might remember this. Bats were never a big problem. But then somebody in government somewhere, I don't know if it was state government or federal government, said, hey... We need to stop culling the bats. We need to stop chasing the bats away. The bats are endangered now and we can't kill all the bats. Like, stop killing the bats. So they changed this law so people could no longer, like, poison them and fuck them off and get rid of them. But they weren't... I don't. Growing up when I was a kid, I don't remember fucking bats everywhere. Like, I, I, I just don't. I don't know anybody who does. But now bats are everywhere. They're in Sydney as well. In Mel They're everywhere and you can hear them, right? Especially at night, screeching because they don't like the light, uh, the light poles. They don't like the street lights. Keeps them up. So now there's fucking bats everywhere because somebody changed this law. So there was a school. I forget which suburb the school was in, but there was a school, and one of the the classrooms had a had a tree right outside the classroom, and this tree was occupied with thousands of bats. And the bats were so loud during the day that the teacher had to scream, you know, had to raise their voice to get so the students could hear her speak. That's how loud they were. They tried closing the windows. Nothing happened. So the school was going to cut this tree down to get rid of the bats. <laughs> the, the local government stepped in and said, no, 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 you're not allowed to cut the tree down. The bats have a right to be here. So instead, they had to move the classroom. <laughs> like, they, I don't think they physically picked up the classroom and moved it, but they just stopped using the, that particular classroom. They move, Instead of moving the bats, they moved all of the students. <laughs> Fucking madness. Absolute madness. And this is what happens now. Now they think they own the joint. The weight of them. The bus stop, footpaths, even the bat guano everywhere. Towns cenotaph are covered in bat feces. Bat shit, holy bat shit, Batman. But at night. Oh, look at that! Again, if you're listening to podcast, you can't see what's on the screen here. There are so many bats in the night sky that it's practically blacking out like this the the dawn uh sorry dawn it's it's practically blacking out dusk it, it, it looks like somebody has you know thrown a filter over the night sky there are so many bats flying around 
it's far worse. This is what locals here have to put up with every day. There's Jesus. hundreds of thousands of bats. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the first thing I think of when I see this is, is she getting shit on right now? Surely she must be getting bat crapped. Flying around, the noise is horrendous and the smell is putrid and lingers long after the bats have flown away for the evening. This can last up to an hour and is repeated every morning when they return. If you come up here and had a look and had to try to uh, live in this area, it would drive you insane. As the colony grows, so do concerns for locals' welfare. The bats have recently moved into trees at the local kindergarten. <laughs> oh no, it's happening again! <laughs> the bats are taking over another fucking school! I can't believe it! <laughs> We've already done this! We already know what's gonna happen! Come on! <laughs> We are so fucking dumb. I, 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 I didn't watch this. I didn't pre-watch this video. I didn't know that there was going to be another school that was going to be taken over by bats. This is fucking incredible. Primary school. Adam and Suzanne Carilla are born and bred in town. Unbelievable. Their two daughters, Ella and Adam, go to the school. We love our little town and we love our school. And it's just not okay because I've been very stressed out about oh, it. Oh, come on. Babe. Love that. See, that's a that's a classic Queensland accent right there. I love I love me little town and I love me little school. There are different accents for different parts of Australia, but it's very, very, very subtle. And, and where I grew up, Western Sydney, it has its own accent. Like it's different to other parts of Sydney. But mostly the accents are, you know, state to state, basically. So the people in South Australia speak a little differently to the people of Victoria. The people of Victoria say their E's like uh, A's. That's how you can pick out a Victorian. So Brett Harris is in the chat. He'd know, he would know he would deny this because it sounds normal to him because he's a Victorian. But where somebody from Sydney would say it looks like hell out there, H-E-L-L, someone from Victoria would say, I'll see you in hell. They wouldn't say I'll see you in hell. Somebody from Victoria would say it looks like hell out there. Like H-A-L, hell. Oh, it's absolute hell out there. But everyone else says hell. But yeah, when you're in Queensland, right, right, you really roll, you really roll your O's and your R's and your eyes. So how are you going? Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been living in this town like me whole life. Life? <laughs> so it's a great, it's a great Queensland accent she's got there. I'd be very proud of that if I was her. Their two daughters, Ella and Adam, go to the school. We love our little town and we love our school. School. And it's just not okay because I've been very sure. stressed out about it. We, we love our little town. A growing group of parents considering pulling their children out of school for fear of them getting sick or being scratched by a diseased bat. <laughs> They're not stepping a foot. <laughs> See, you know, I. You guys in the States, you've fucking got it easy. You people have, li you've literally got it fucking easy. You send your kids to school and all you have to worry about is, you know, somebody stepping onto the school grounds with an AK-47. It's like, you know, that's a man-made problem. Mother Nature didn't invent guns, you know. That's a man-made problem with man-made solutions. That's fine. 
So, you know, your kids will give, get your kid a bulletproof vest. Give your kid his own gun. Uh, the story we touched on last week, give your kid a reporting app for the local sheriff's office so he can say, come into the restroom and look at my penis. You have all of these solutions. So that's you can deal with man-made problems. Here in Australia, little kids have to be scared when they go to school that they might be scratched or bitten by a diseased bat. (laughs) Which fly around in the hundreds of thousands whilst your child is walking to school. And the screeching is so loud they cannot hear themselves think. In that ground until something is... You can can just hear them in the background here too while they're doing this interview. (laughs) that we know is being done. Sometimes you just feel like a little kid's just going to throw a rock at them and stir them yeah. up and yeah. you might get scratched. Fight the problem back. here in Ingham has become so bad, emergency helicopters can no longer land here at the hospital <laughs> while the bats are in flight. <laughs> Fuck, that's it. That's it. I'm done. See you later, everyone. <coughs> I can't fucking do this anymore. I can't. Government, please help us. Save us from the fucking bats. Please, Mr. Government. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it doesn't make any sense to me either. Wait, wait, wait. So the helicopter from the hospital, the the only reason you have a helicopter at a hospital in the first place is because you need to get people to the hospital really, 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 really quickly. You know what I mean? You need to get, get, I love Heisenberg solution. Thank you, Heisenberg. We'll solve two bats with one bullet. That's what I'm talking about. We can solve the school shooting problem and the bat problem in the same instance. Let's give all of the school children guns and say, children, you are free to shoot your weapons whenever you want. Just aim them at the bats. <laughs> That's fucking done. Problem solved. We'll, we'll have all of the classes on the roof of the school and while the bats are flying around, kids can just pop them off. That'll fuck them off. And we'll be learning something. We'll be building relationships between children. We'll be learning about gun safety and the environment all at once. Conservation. It's fucking perfect. Thank you, Heisenberg. Wonderful suggestion. Perfect. So the only the only reason that you have a helicopter at a hospital in the first place is, correct me if I'm wrong, to get people to the hospital really fucking quickly. <laughs> so the, the, the same government that is in charge of the hospital is now instructing the helicopter pilots um, you know, you've got someone dying of a fucking heart attack that needs to be airlifted. Sorry, love to help you out, but you know, uh, morning time belongs to the bats now. <laughs> Between the hours of seven and nine a.m., uh, we're not allowed to respond to any emergencies involving human beings because this time belongs to the bats. They own the air. <laughs> the, the bats have air supremacy. <laughs> The, the mighty nation of Australia, the young, democratic, proud, brave nation of Australia has, has now given up the skies to the bats. <laughs> we don't control the airspace anymore. Fucking unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> With the main colony just a few hundred metres down the road. 
Recently, a chopper was forced to do laps of the town until the bats cleared. That's fucking ridiculous. That is ridiculous, man. Still, they do nothing. So somebody's in the chopper dying. Sorry, we can't. We can't land. The bats. The bats are running the show now. We take orders from the bats. <laughs> During these heat events, when they're dropping dead, they're not just dying in the gardens. They're dying wherever they're flying at the time. Raquel Coco is the president of the local chamber. Raquel of Coco. She says businesses are forced to clean up after the bats every morning. Tourism is also taking a hit. If this was happening at Parliament House, it's a big, big gap there. <laughs> Somebody would have come up with a solution by now. You see, the bats are considered a protected species under state law. Told ya. Told ya. So, like, this is the thing, no, but we didn't have a problem with fucking bats 20 years ago. When I was a kid, there were no bats flying around like this. I'll see you in hell. I'll see you in hell. Thanks for the follow, Tiara. There, there, this wasn't a problem. So government comes in and says, hey, we've got to protect the bats now. Uh, nobody do, nobody bait the bats. Nobody get rid of the bats. Uh, they're a protected species now. They're endangered. Now we're the fucking endangered species because the helicopter pilot from the local fucking hospital can't land or take off because the bats now control the airspace. We're now endangered. Thanks to the bats. It's either us or them. <laughs> We're going to have to make a call at some point. We either protect the bats or we protect ourselves. Which is it? Which one do you want? Meaning there's little council can do to try and move them on. They can use non-lethal methods like smoke, noise and lights that can't be done when the bats are breeding. Because there's four different species and because they all have young at different times, there's hardly a, a window of opportunity. People, people sometimes ask me in real life, you know, because I'm that annoying guy when we have conversations, it's always like, oh, fuck the government. You know what I mean? I'm that annoying guy that when we have a political discussion with friends or whatever, and they say, well, I think it's a good idea what the government's doing with Thank this. You I'll see you in hell. I'll see you in hell. Like, I think it's a good idea, this policy that the government's doing, like, because, you know, it's going to fix such and such. I'm like, when has the government ever fixed anything? They don't fix things. They say things and they do things, but they don't fix things. If they fixed things, we wouldn't need them. <laughs> they would just fix it and we'd like, oh, okay, that's not a problem anymore. No, 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 they just do things which create other problems. That's what government does. You know, we need we need solutions to the to, to the problems that exist thanks to their solutions, more often than not. And all of the talk is, oh, the government's gonna fix stuff. They never fix stuff. They just they just shift one problem into a different problem and then that creates a whole nother set of fucking problems. Like look at what we're talking about here, the bats. Oh, we gotta we've got to protect the bats, we've got to save the bats. Now people are dying in, in airlift helicopter scenarios because they can't land at the hospital because of the fucking bats. So look at this. So they like, okay, don't panic, guys. We've come up with a new set of rules. So we've made it legal for you to use non-lethal means to move the bats on. To move the bats on. And that can include walking around banging two pots together. Or, or smoke, right? <laughs> Creating smoke to move the bats away. But, but, thank you, government, for the opportunity. But you're not allowed to do it 
whilst the bats are mating. But just think about that. Think about, (laughs) drill down into the detail of that. (laughs) The government is trying to stop you disturbing the bat's mating process. The government doesn't want you knocking on the bedroom door whilst the bats are fucking and saying, get the fuck out of here. You, you, You can't have sex in this car park. Get the hell out of here. The government says, no, 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 no. While the bats are fucking, you're not allowed to disturb them. You're not allowed to touch. It's very important that you let them complete their sexual congress. Don't cock block the bats. If the bats want to occupy a tree in their thousands, so much so that the tree collapses to the ground, if the bats want to do that and screech and shit on you and scratch you and attack you, you're not allowed to disturb them because... Their sex is more important than you being able to get a helicopter to the hospital. <laughs> Fucking lunacy. It's, bad. it's madness. We're completely fucked in the head. And, and again, <laughs> it's worth pointing out, we have now given up the airspace to the bats. We have now given up the skies. The bats have aerial supremacy over us now, apparently, and we can't do a thing about it. Why? Hey, don't interrupt their coitus. Don't be rude. You know how hard it is for a bat to get laid? <laughs> Just leave them alone. All right. I'm going to I've got one more Australia story for you, but I want to give it I want to make you decide which one you want. It's a multiple choice question. So I have two stories here. And this is the last thing we'll do on Australia for this episode. And then I've got a whole bunch of other weird and wonderful stuff. Uh, we've got coronavirus. Oh, I've got I've got an, an amazing story from Canada, which will which should um, frighten the absolute living batshit out of you. In regards to remember last week when we talked about uh, you know monitoring you know uh, facial recognition cameras, right? Monitoring apps and stuff. Wait until I show you what the Canadian government wants to do next. It is fucking unbelievable. It's horrifying. You're not going to believe it. So we'll, I definitely have to show you that. But before we do that, so I've got one more Australia story, but I want you to make the choice. So here's option number one. <laughs> option number one is a bushfire hero. This guy single-handedly saved his town whilst he was working at a gas station, right? He single-handedly saved the town. He's he's regarded as a town hero for the work that he did at the local gas station. He was fired from his job hours after the bushfire crisis. So that's that's door number 1. Door number 2 is two old guys fighting over a clothesline. <laughs> now each have their pros and cons right? Each have different levels of interest for me personally. Each have their own sort of charm. So, But I want you to decide. Press one in the chat if you want to know about the bushfire hero who was fired from his job hours after the bushfire. Or option number two for the two old guys who are going to war, their neighbours, who are going to war over a clothesline. You decide. I'll give you a minute or two. So far, the twos have it. There's a couple of ones.
one and two from Gypsy. Both. <laughs> well, well, we'll do one tonight and then we'll do the other one another night. How about that? So which one do you want now? So far, the twos have it. One, two, two. All right, it's it's a two. It's the twos have it. The twos have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. That's a shame because I would have liked to have shown you the, the story about the bushfire hero, but we'll do that another time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whilst this show this show is called A Current Affair, it's good for this kind of stuff, for this petty nonsense crap. <coughs> pardon me. Pardon me. Awful. Uh, this is where we got the story about the. Remember the old guy that we played a couple of couple of weeks ago who had the Nazi flag in his backyard, and what a great time we had with that one. <laughs> so whilst the the world is obviously coming to an end in Australia, um, crisis level fires, emergency fires, floods, sex crazed spiders, and a tornado of bats scratching everyone and giving them rabies. Whilst all that is going on. I think we need to, you know, not be distracted from the real issues, from the important issues in our society, ladies and gentlemen. And this, I suspect, is going to be some classic Australia stuff. This is going to be some classic Australiana. <laughs> Neighbours complaining over clothesline. <laughs> I don't know. Let's have a look. Jim doesn't want for much in life. Jim. A quiet home and a place to dry his laundry. But he's Hills hoist hell. <laughs> Neighbours aren't happy. Why aren't his neighbours happy? So Come Jim, on. Jim, how good is your Hills Hoist? This is just a thing, mate. It's out on its own now. I, I dreaded the thought the day I couldn't have it. Jim Wedrat won't accept his Hills Hoist has to go. Couldn't believe they were telling me to pull it down. Almost un Australian. Yeah, it is. The, the Hills Hoist, that's the name of the company. The company is Hills, right? And that's a hoist clothesline. It, they were they invented this kind of clothesline. That's why it's the Hills Hoist. Everyone's got one of these. Aussie company. I might be using it. I might be using it. You don't want to use the Hills Hoist? I don't need it. I don't need it. Not everyone at Jim's retirement village is happy about his hoist. In fact, it's made his neighbours, Vivian and Denver, see red. <laughs> I walked over and abused the crap out of him. He come out there. Come Yes, Nazi, uh, Nazi flag grandpa. It was a couple of weeks ago. If you go in the archives, you'll find it. <laughs> so I'm I'm already torn. Like, I don't know which guy I like better here. I kind of like Jim because Jim is defiantly wanting to dry his laundry the traditional Australian way with the hills hoist. But I kind of like this guy too. I don't like that he gets angry about a clothesline. But I do like the fact that he's he doesn't give a fuck to the point where he's giving interviews on national TV while standing in his underwear. <laughs> he's like, I don't give a fuck. Dear honey, why don't you put something on? Nah, fuck them. Fuck them. If they want to look, they can look. <laughs> so I went over there and I abused the crap out of him. <laughs> over clothesline. <laughs> See red. I walked over and abused the crap out of him. Abused the he crap come out of him. He uh, came out his door punching. He punched a bunch and I went down there, hit the, hit the, I went to the lawn. Oh gosh, he's an 80 year old man. Yeah, well I'm 76. <laughs> I was surprised that uh, emotions were running so high about the hill's hoist. Yeah, that's right. This all. Listen to the music. Well, I 
won't back down. <laughs> do you think that? Do you think they're marketing their show to a specific demographic with stories like this? <laughs> do, you, do you get that feeling? Do you get that suspicion? It started six months ago when eighty-three-year-old Jim says he got sick of mouldy sheets. Whoa. Claiming the pull-out lines provided by Prescare, which owns the retirement village, are no good. A lot of Oh, that's no good. Look at that pissy little thing. That's not gonna dry anything. Come on now. That's not gonna work. I think Jim's on the money here. What are you gonna dry on that fucking little piece of shit? Come on now. When you could have a big, beautiful hills hoist, you know defiantly, bravely, gallantly standing in hurricane conditions, drying your sheets and old old man underwear proudly for the rest of the world? Fuck that. Look at this thing. That's not drying anything. The time that you, you think they're dry and they're not, and when you go to get them out again, they're full of mildew. There's 40 units here. It's the big issues. <laughs> We're tackling the big issues here. As one person has mouldy sheets... In Jim's lease, it clearly says he can't make any changes to the property without permission from management. So Jim says three months before he installed the Hills Hoist, he went to local managers and told them what he planned to do. He says no one said anything, so he went ahead and did it. Mm. <laughs> no one said anything. That's, that's another way of saying he didn't get a response. <laughs> Who would have thought that management at a, at a retirement home wouldn't respond to people's weird requests for clotheslines? Because I suspect if you're running a, an old care home, if you're running an old folks home, then every complaint that you receive is also coupled with the reality that if you hold out long enough, unfortunately, such as life, the person making the complaint is probably more likely to die. <laughs> and then there's no more complaint. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm being cruel, but that's just the reality. If you worked at the complaints desk at a retirement home, you know that if you can just wait out the clock long enough, you're not going to have to fix stuff. Sorry. But within two weeks, Jim says management was telling him to take it down ah. or they would. Did things get nasty? Oh, it got nasty, all right. Got they nasty, got all right. I liked him. I liked him. from Brisbane. I showed him it. He said three things wrong. One, you didn't ask. I said I did, but he's never replied. I know he didn't because he would have been told no right from the word go. He said two, it's four. What's the fucking big deal, man? <laughs> I don't get the I don't get the issue. What like is there just nothing to do? Is it is it is it just so boring at this point in your life where somebody puts a clothesline up and it becomes war? You have to go and abuse them. Like, what's the deal? Look at it. Like, who really cares? Right? What am I missing here? Well, no, no, you don't get it. You don't get it, mate. There's rules, right? There's rules. And like, I don't want to have to look out my front door, right, and see like another bloke's fucking sheets dancing in the wind, mate. It's not what I'm here for. Like, I'm not paying good money, right, to be in this place and just, like, have my skyline fucking polluted with your boxer shorts, mate. Like, that's not part of the deal, mate. <laughs> was the backyard, three. He said, people don't want to see your clothes on the line. I said, you're joking, mate. 
love I love I love the I love the old guy attitude to stuff though. You know what I mean? Somebody from the old folks home complained. People don't want to see your clothes on the line, Jim. I said, you're fucking joking, man. <laughs> Having raised two <clears throat> children by himself and survived cancer, Jim isn't about to get bullied by anyone. Hey, I had cancer. You've got to let me keep it. I had cancer. You can't tell him anything. He won't listen. And he's... He won't listen. What he the... says is he goes. And, and they told you it was ugly? Yeah, they... ugly. This was the, the boss of press care. Boss, boss of press care. He said it was an eyesore. Yeah, eyesore, yep. Big eyesore. Jim says the church-run institution even gave him a deadline to get rid of the clothesline. <laughs> and Jim says he was verbally threatened with eviction. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Listen here, Jim. If you don't get rid of that fucking clothesline, we will kick you out onto the street. Cancer or not, I don't care. We will throw you into the gutter, Jim. If I have to look at your bed sheets one more time, we will kick you out on your ass, you son of a bitch. <laughs> God, fuck me. Yeah, they said we can put you out a fortnight. How would you describe the way they treated you? I've been around for 83 years and I've never been treated like this. I'm not going to stand there and let anybody punch me. Especially over a hill's hoist, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did abuse him line. a bit. And I didn't, but it wasn't over the hill's hoist. It was over the fact that he's walking around telling everybody that I rung Brisbane up and... Dubbed him in? Yeah. It seems Jim was hung out to dry until his story got media attention. Ah. And then suddenly, Jim says, Prescare not only backed down, ah. but endorsed the idea of installing ah. Hill's Hoist. <laughs> the savvy old bastard did it! <laughs> fucking hell. That, like, that, that's what I hate about these fucking companies. You know what I mean? The social, the, it was a, it was a media outrage campaign. That's what did it. So they're coming at, oh, you're not allowed to have it. We'll kick you out on the street unless you get rid of your your clothesline in two weeks, Jim. Next thing you know, he 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 calls up the local newspaper, and the, the company that runs this aged care home they come straight out. They couldn't wait. They straight out onto the onto the front foot. Oh no, we endorse, we endorse the clotheslines. We want everybody to put a clothesline in. We think it's a fucking great idea. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We never said anything bad, I promise. We love it. We love it. Can everybody put one in, please? We're gonna give everybody a clothesline now. It was such a great idea. I can't believe we didn't think of it. Thank you, Jim. We're gonna make Jim we're gonna make Jim chairman of the company now. Jim, you're such a visionary. Thank you so much. Oh my god, everybody gets a clothesline. You get a clothesline, you get a clothesline. We love clothesline. We love Hills Hoist. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Big fans. Oh, fuck. <laughs> With the report we heard, you, you, you do it to our attention that you got to have a clothesline. They're going to put Hill's hoists in? Yeah. <laughs> now everybody's going to have one put in. <laughs> it's funny to me because apparently the whole village hated the fact that he had a clothesline and wouldn't take it down. Now, again, like, so the company's now satisfying one person at the expense of everybody else, right? I don't know who the good guy is. Do you, can you figure out who the good guy is in this story? Who's the bad guy and who's the good guy? I kind of I like both of them. <laughs> so 
So Jim, let's let's go through it. This is important. So Jim puts a clothesline in. <laughs> the neighbours take issue with the clothesline. They don't like the clothesline. There's rules. Nobody else has mouldy sheets, Jim. You're making it up. The clothesline is ugly. We don't want the clothesline. The company comes out and says, if you don't get rid of the clothesline, we're going to kick you out. Jim embarks on a media campaign. Next thing you know, the the company not only lets Jim keep his clothesline, but they're now going to install clotheslines for all of the other people who didn't want the fucking clothesline in the first place. (laughs) Now Jim's strutting around the fucking joint going, hey, you didn't like clotheslines, huh? Huh? Sorry to hear that you don't like clothesline because now everyone's fucking getting one. How do you like that? eh? Stick that up your ass. (laughs) Jim. Jim's now forced his clothesline on everybody. So that you can, or them, anybody, can do their sheets and blankets. Are you surprised that this has become a national issue, if you like? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So do you feel like you've had a victory? I'm hoping I won. They said they're going to do it. But I've still, still got a bit of doubt about it, but I'm hoping I won. And, and everyone will get a hill's hoist. Everyone will get a hill's hoist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So people in the chat are saying that Jim's a national hero. Jim's a legend. He's a rebel. Go, Jim. Everybody's on Jim's side, apparently. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Jimmy boy. All right, what do we got next? Um, how much time? How much? How are we doing for time? Can we can do do time? Okay, tell you what. I'll give you another multiple choice question and answer. This is a people's show tonight. So, I want you to tell me what you want to what you want next. Okay. Option number one. I have some coronavirus stuff. Oh, and don't forget, I have to show you that story from Canada. We'll do that next. But then after the Canada story, here are your options. So option number one, I have some coronavirus stuff. I mean, we're just going to be playing some media stuff and talking about it. But it's more coronavirus stuff. That's option number one. Option number two is probably more serious. It is a woman who is addicted to getting breast implants. (laughs) So option number one, coronavirus update. You know, are we being lied to by the media? Is the deadly virus spreading? Are the numbers worse than what we're being told? Option number two, self-obsessed Western woman is obsessed with getting breast implants. It's her life is getting breast implants. Gary Vance is in it two, straight away. First one, two. I think it's going to be a wall of twos. (laughs) Oh no, we've got some ones. We've got some ones. Oh, it's close. It's close. I think the ones are just in front. We need a virus update. Ones, there's there's a couple of. T- I think the ones have it. Unfortunately. All right, we'll we'll do we'll do big tit lady tomorrow. Because <laughs> it is something else. All right. Let's see where we are. I think the ones have just got it. But first. <laughs> Gary Vance is, I can see news about the virus anywhere, you know. 
Boobies for the win. Oh, it's it's close, man. It's 50-50. It's 50-50. How about... Tell you what, I'll, I'll do a tiebreaker at the end of this. So I wanted to show you this story because... Um, do you remember late last year when the Brazilian election took place, right? We covered a story. I'm not sure if we covered it on this show. I think we did it on this podcast when it was just a podcast and trust and verify as well. But there was a story from Brazil where the Brazilian bureaucracy was concerned. This is the words they use. Uh, concerned. They put the election win of Bolsonaro down to people, quote unquote, sharing misinformation on WhatsApp. Like, so WhatsApp is huge in Brazil. And believe it or not, uh, people were calling for the Brazilian government to crack down on how information is shared in WhatsApp. So they came up with a whole, because they said it's election meddling. So people were sharing memes and jokes and fake news, apparently, on WhatsApp. In private WhatsApp groups, mind you. So I brought this up as if to say, uh, look out, because they're now coming after your personal conversations. They're now coming after your personal private conversations on apps. They're now saying that you're not allowed to share stuff personally, one person to the next. So they came up with a bunch of rules, like you're only allowed to be in a group of like four or six people now or something on WhatsApp in Brazil, right? They, they changed the rules of how this app works in Brazil because WhatsApp is owned by Facebook, you see. Uh, if you try to share certain links on WhatsApp in Brazil, it won't let you it won't let you post it if the if the source is on like some kind of blacklist for misinformation it's fucking scary stuff because this is supposed to be a you know a personal communication application and i remember i remember saying when i read that story don't worry it's, they're going to try to do this to us too it's not just brazil like we spoke about last week uh, you know last monday's show it's not just china who's doing the facial recognition stuff we're doing it too in the Western world, Australia, New Zealand, the United States, it doesn't matter. We're just at a different level. We're, we're at a different stage of the implementation, but we're doing the exact same fucking thing. So we can often look to other countries around the world, see what they're doing in regards to this kind of overreach. And it's a fair indicator of what, you know, politicians and bureaucrats will want for us in the future as well. So... I was, I was unsurprised to see this story earlier today, but then again, it's still fucking scary, and especially the way that they present it. Have a look at what Canada now wants to do. Keeping in mind that WhatsApp and these other personal messaging applications are now being screwed down on by governments around the world for quote-unquote misinformation. Look, look what the brave Canadian government now wants to do to your personal interactions online. Well, for years now, there has been concern about disinformation on public social media. And now the Canadian government, well, they are concerned about disinformation in your private messages. <clears throat> By the way, this is the government-funded news organization in Canada, ladies and gentlemen, the CBC, right? The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Um, how can I put this? Hmm. Uh, maybe I'll just, we'll just hear it one more time. 
For years now, there has been concern about disinformation on public social media. And now the Canadian government, well, they are concerned about disinformation in your private messages. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hello? Canadian government? Any government around the world? Uh, don't concern yourself with disinformation in private messages. When it comes to people's private messages, here's a tip. Fuck off. Fuck off. Go away. Don't concern yourself. Just fuck off. <laughs> I, like, <clears throat> Again, when I when I bring this shit up, like when I brought the, brought up the shit about Brazil last year and said, "Don't worry, they're going to try and push this into the western world as well." I always get the same wall of fucking resistance from people. Oh, it's never going to happen here. That's why I did a whole episode about it's never going to happen here last Monday. I've been, I've been hearing the same fucking line for years and the same fucking people who use the same fucking line constantly get it fucking wrong because it does happen here. It does. <laughs> At some point it will. But by then, they've already moved on to their next little outrage campaign. I've got, I've got a clip. I, I, we'll probably have to get to it tomorrow. I've got a clip of a guy who wants to sue the NFL because he says the halftime performance of the NFL show is going to send him to hell. Fuck off. <laughs> this is what you're fucking worried about? Fucking Jennifer Lopez dancing at the halftime show? Look what they're doing to you, man. <laughs> the, gov the government is concerned with your private messages. Okay, let's have a look. Let's, let's check out this concern then. Catherine Tunney has more. Show us more, please. Free and easy to use. WhatsApp is hands down the world's most popular. It's fucking WhatsApp again. It is WhatsApp again, just like it was in Brazil during the Brazilian election. It'll never happen here. Boogie, you're so stupid. It'll never happen here. Messaging service with more than 1.5 billion users. It's also a highway for dangerous disinformation to travel through. In fact, the company had to crack down after a number of disinformation spread in India and led to a series of lynchings. WhatsApp's been sort of ground zero for this conversation, in part because... See, they don't mention... They didn't mention the Brazilian election, though. They mentioned lynchings in India. Because everybody would be against people being lynched in India, right? Everyone is against innocent people being lynched by mobs, right? Not everybody is against uh, the government policing their personal conversations, because they, they're afraid of memes getting spread? That's not the same thing. In many countries, particularly emerging economies, WhatsApp is the primary mode of communication. This type of issue was flagged to the president of the Privy Council, Dominic Leblanc, in a briefing note obtained through access to information. Now, the note says, it warns that private and encrypted conversations can aid foreign interference. <laughs> Private encrypted conversations can aid in foreign interference. And you're getting attacked. Sorry to be the fucking bearer of bad news here, but you're getting attacked on all sides now. 
This is an all sides issue. And because we had the story earlier in the week, Donald Trump was apparently trying to pressure Apple to release its encryption keys for, you know, citizens. Hey, I don't know. The NSA, the NSA, the good people of the intelligence community who I fucking hated a month ago, who were tried to remove me in a coup. Now I trust them enough to be to be granted legal access to everybody's personal data and information. And if you're somebody who's going to say, yeah, but Boogie, they've been getting that personal information off your iPhone for years. What's the fucking difference? That is such a dumb argument. Let me explain to you why. People have been getting murdered for years. I guess we should make it legal then. Right? That's essentially what you're saying. They've been doing it for years, so we should legalize it. They've been doing it for years anyway, so what's the difference if it's legal? Oh, okay. Uh, carjackings have been happening for years. What's the difference if it's legal? Oh, don't be stupid. What are you, fucking dumb? Illegal immigration has been happening for years. I guess we better make it legal then. <laughs> because when I said that about uh, Trump pressure, because I'm keeping the same position that I had when Obama tried to fucking do it. Remember that? Obama tried to get access to the encryption keys. They took Apple to court over it to try and get legalize, set a precedence for getting access to people's personal information on that grander scale. I was against it then and I'm against it now. I don't give a fuck who's sitting in the chair. So I had a whole bunch of people who would have been against it when Barack Obama was doing it now coming at me. Oh, you don't understand. You don't understand. No, no, no. You don't understand. Like, okay, you love Trump. You trust Trump. Great. I don't trust the next fucking guy. Because once you set the precedent, once you make it legal, how the fuck do you think it's going to be used in the future? Is it, is, uh, is, it, is it always going to be a government now that you love and trust just because fucking Trump was the president once? Think, man. You're not thinking. Oh, Trump would never do anything bad. Fine. But if you want to believe that fucking fairy tale, then fine. Be my fucking guest. But let's just say it's true. He's not going to be there for the rest of his fucking... He's not going to be there for eternity. And once you set the precedent, then somebody else is going to come in and guess what they can do? Because now you've made it legal. Think. Nut. Didn't get any of that. The feedback I got, like, on pub... And this is the other thing. Publicly, people agreed with me that it's privately that I get the shit. It's in like private messages and stuff where people come up and say, oh, well, I don't think you understand. Boogs, they've been, they've been accessing this data for a long time. All, all he's doing is saying, well, we need, the, we need the access to the data so we can catch the bad guys. So, you know, legalizing it, it's just, it's just confirming what we already know. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Fine. Murder has been happening for a long time. Let's make it legal. Illegal immigration has been happening for a long time. Let's make it legal. <laughs> Don't be stupid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where I just like, I, I stop replying to the person at that point. I just, uh, okay, whatever. You're, you're obviously a fucking nitwit. You're, you're, you've, got, you've got coal for brains. Wood, a wooden head. Like, there's no point talking to you now. So, again, access to your private information. So we're being attacked from all sides. 
whether it's WhatsApp wanting to get into your personal uh, details, whether it's Donald Trump wanting to get into like uh, your Apple encryption keys, whatever it fucking is, uh, whether it's conservative governments here in Australia are funding facial recognition cameras in schools in Australia, right? It doesn't, it never ends. It never ends. The conservative government in the UK, ladies and gentlemen, parks black vans on streets and takes people's picture when they're walking down the street. Innocent innocent people not doing anything, just walking around. And if you try to avoid having your picture taken by this nondescript black police van on the street of London, they will arrest you and fine you for disturbing the peace because you refuse to have your picture taken by the police. Conservative government. And voter coercion. And it goes on to say, this is an exact quote, this will introduce difficult considerations such as the trade-offs between respecting the privacy of private communications and protecting the integrity of the electoral regulatory regime. No, 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 no. There is no fucking trade-off, you piece of shit. <laughs> These people, do you believe it? Well, this is, this is going to bring up... Uh, difficult considerations such as the trade-off between respecting the privacy of private communication. They even say private twice. They know exactly what they are doing. This will introduce difficult considerations such as the trade-offs between respecting the privacy of private communications and protecting the integrity of elections, i.e. government interests. That's that you can you can translate that is protecting the government. We either protect people's privacy or we protect ourselves. That's what they're saying. Kimmy in the chat says, I saw Barr recently talking about apps with uh, encryption. He said Trump supports stopping that because national security. How far does this free pass extend? How far does the free pass of trust extend to your leaders, wherever you are? Wherever you are. A private communications. Don't, don't, no, don't worry about that. Let's, get, let's all get really fucking upset about what uh, Brad Pitt said at the Oscars. <laughs> and protecting the integrity of the electoral regulatory regime. There will additionally be significant challenges for enforcement. Challenges. Now, the section on implementation and recommendations is unfortunately redacted in the ATIP, but it raises a lot of questions about privacy and where the government is headed. End-to-end encrypted communication, the things the government would have to do to, um, to break that or to impose in that communication chain would be so dangerous to the architecture of the internet that depends on that kind of encryption that is probably not worth entertaining. But... Um, what but? What but? How can there be a but at the end of that? How can there be a but at the end of the government would have to break the internet, would have to break what the internet is in order to read your private messages? But... what? Uh, uh, no, no but. That's it. <laughs> Full stop, period. Fucking that's it. Move on some sort of regulation or engagement with content that happens in much wider semi-private channels, um, even if it's perhaps auditing of content in that or... 
Everyone's a fucking mushroom now. I don't get it. Everyone, everyone craves to be a fucking mushroom. Live in the dark and get fed shit. That's what mushrooms do. I, I can't fucking believe it. I'm I'm pissed. I'm pissed that we have people on fucking government funded television advocating auditing of information in semi private chat rooms. Oh, the, the government should step in and audit what people say to each other? What the fuck is wrong with you? You fucking idiots are leading. You're leading everybody by the dick down, to, down the path to the fucking thing that you hate. That's the most annoying thing. These fucking assholes think that they're saving the world or something. No, you're killing it. You're fucking it. The government should audit information. Fuck me. Like, what do you even say to somebody like that, huh? How do you even how do you even begin to explain how wrong they are? Gary Vance in chat. Hard to believe it's even a conversation. It's happening. It's happening. I, I agree with you, but there it is. Oh, well, you, you have government ministers in the so-called free world, ladies and gentlemen, openly coming out and saying, well, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to uh, make some adjustment to this idea of personal privacy in order to protect the government. And people are entertaining the conversation. And see, this is what happens here, right? See what this guy's doing here? It's just moving it to where to a point where you'll people will agree. So you throw out the extreme, which is the government, you know, audit monitoring your personal private messages. Oh no, that can't happen. That'll break the internet. So how about instead of that? We let the government audit information in semi-private chat rooms instead. And then everybody's like, well, at least at least they're not reading my personal messages. Completely uh, in a dunderheaded fashion, unbeknownst to themselves, they are just opening the door for the next step. You don't go right to the extreme step. You tiptoe there. You don't jump right to the end phase. You, you, you slowly walk to the end phase. Try you, you slowly walk to the end phase, convincing people as you go that the next step is the best thing. The next step is the best thing. No, we need to go a little bit further. No, we need to tighten the, the screws just a little bit more. No, no, just a little bit more. We have done this over and over and over and over again for decades. And still people don't, don't get the message. They still haven't figured it out. Some degree of oversight... Um, oversight is something that could probably um, be done. A spokesperson for Dominic LeBlanc says they are working with social media platforms, but what? Oh, good, good. The government is now working with social media platforms. Doesn't that make you feel a lot more comfortable, huh? And again, that's the that's the fucking thing that annoys me the most about this. I know you guys get it. You guys, I'm not talking about you guys when I say this, right? <clears throat> Because you guys in the chat, you, you understand this stuff because, you know, you're here, right? And you've been watching this for a while, so you get it. So I know that you understand. Don't You can't just be angry because it's Trudeau doing it. 
because there are there are far too many people, and you know this is true. There are far too many people that if Trudeau is saying uh, we need government oversight of social media platforms, right? If we need to monitor the information on social media platforms, we're working with the social media companies. Then people will say because it's Trudeau, people will say this is wrong, free speech. You're you're destroying our freedoms. You're destroying our liberty. Fuck you. But if fucking Donald Trump comes out and says, we're working with social media platforms, we think it's a good idea to have some kind of oversight. If he was to say that, the very same people would be saying, thank God Trump's doing something about social media. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. <clears throat> I've wanted Trump to work with social media companies for years. Finally, somebody in the government is working with social media to protect us. <laughs> You know these people are out there. Wouldn't answer direct questions about what they're actually thinking of doing and where they want to go on this file. They did add, though, they did stress that Canadians have a right to private communication. Catherine Tenney, CBC News. <laughs> what was that last line again? I think that could probably um, be done. A spokesperson for Dominic LeBlanc says they are working with social media platforms, but wouldn't answer direct questions about what they're actually thinking of doing and where they want to go on this file. They not. did add, though, they did stress that Canadians have a right to private communication. Oh, well, that puts my mind at ease, huh? Seems they really do care. <laughs> Fuck. I... I See, sometimes I think that we deserve everything that's coming to us because collectively, as a, you know, a broad spectrum of uh, individuals, we don't, we probably don't respect um, individual, we probably don't respect liberties like privacy and free expression enough. We certainly don't respect it to the point where our forefathers did, who were willing to fucking die for it. We don't respect it like that. No, 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 no. So I, I just wonder if we deserve it. Nothing I can do about it. I'm, I'm one, little, one little podcast in an ocean. One tiny little podcast. That's all I've got. So, I don't know. Horrifying stuff. Um, and now look at the time. So I'm sorry I put you through that vote before. Because we're not going to have time to do the coronavirus stuff. We'll come back. We'll do Corona Chan tomorrow. We'll do Corona Chan, uh, the hero from the bushfires, and uh, the woman with uh, obscenely huge breasts. What a show that'll be. <laughs> Body bags, bushfires, and boobs. Um, we might even call it that. Body bags, bushfires, and boobs tomorrow at 6 p.m. So let me show you one more story here. Thank you for joining us. You're on the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Baltimore to use surveillance planes in controversial pilot program. Yes. Remember all of those conspiracy theories over the years, ladies and gentlemen, where people would say things like the government is going to fly planes with cameras attached in order to spy on the population down below and just see if people are doing shit. Don't be a conspiracy theorist. It's never going to happen here. Baltimore, ladies and gentlemen, today. You're about to see the murder of a police officer in broad daylight, captured from a small plane. The officer's vehicle is circled in red. You're going to see her run right into this parked car here. 
She's being chased by cartel members in Juarez, Mexico. They pull up again beside her. She was shot six times in the head and shoulders. And then these guys blast out. You can't identify who fired the shots, but you can tell where the assassin's car came from. And Again, I know we say it every time, but just in case you're new to this, just in case you're new to how this works, this is the way it works. These often insidious, disgusting attacks on your personal freedoms will generally come gift-wrapped as something that you absolutely need more often than not, to protect you from something else. We call it the protection meme. It's the same thing when governments propose that they change laws. And people uh, say things like, we need the laws to protect us. The governments say, we need to change the laws to protect us. All governments say it. All politicians say it. All of them are lying. All of them are talking. It is rhetorical sewerage. Because just a basic look at what a, just a basic understanding of what a law is and what a law does is all the information you need to know that whenever a politician or a media personality or somebody comes out and says we need a new law to protect us from x you it's a lie here's why laws don't protect you from anything nothing that's not what laws do they don't protect you from things laws turn actions into criminal actions that's all they do. So they turn an action into a criminal action, which is then comes with some kind of punishment or prosecution or jail sentence or whatever it is, or a fine. So you can park your car illegally. There is a law against double parking, right? It's against the law to double park. But that doesn't stop people from double parking. No, no. Makes, it means that if you get caught double parking, you'll have to pay a fine. But it doesn't stop people from double parking. There's a law against murder. Laws don't protect you against murder. If laws protected you from things, there would be no murder. There would be no double parking. There would be no tax evasion. There would be no illegal immigration. There would be no drink driving. There would be no break and enter. There would be no shootings. There would be, there would be no assaults. There would be no drug crime. There would be no uh, financial crimes. There would be no white-collar crime. There would be no theft, right? But all of those things exist because laws don't protect you from those things. Laws prosecute the people who get caught doing those things. That's all they do. So that's the protection meme that governments and, and other people like to spread around as though it's reality when it's not. It's, it's fake. It's, it's a fantasy world to say that laws protect you from things. So more often than not, when these kinds of egregious overreaches into personal space, personal privacy, personal liberty occur, it occurs under the guise of protecting you from something else. So you absolutely must give up your freedom. Like Again, we, we spoke about Ben Franklin last week. Ben Franklin said those who would trade their liberty for security deserve neither. And now here we are only, what, a couple of hundred years later. And that is literally what governments do. They and this is literally what people are asking for. People demand that they take some freedoms and uh, liberties away from them so they can be protected. It's the exact opposite of what the founders wanted.
And a lot of the people who demand that liberties and freedoms be taken away in on under the guise of protection also have the fucking audacity to call themselves constitutionalists. <laughs> they also have the audacity to say what fans they are of the founding fathers. Oh, I love the founding fathers all the time. You know, we love the founding fathers here. I'm a big fan of the Constitution. I want my guns and I want my free speech. But God damn it, if Donald Trump's going to regulate social media to stop these internet companies just doing what they want, then I'm in favor of it. If we need to have cameras on every street corner or in every helicopter looking down so we can catch the bad guys then fuck that man we gotta do it for our protection we gotta do it for our safety but i love the constitution who the ben franklin what was that trading in your liberty for security you deserve neither yeah but ben franklin didn't have to live in a time of crime you know what i mean huh I give you the diamond why censored. So you see this shit all the time. Here's another example. Where it went next, that, says Ross McNutt, is the key to... Ross McNutt. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ross. That was... That just caught me off guard. Ross McNutt. Ross McNutt, ladies and gentlemen. Spying on you from above. Solving the brutal crime. If this plane hadn't been there, this murder probably would never have been solved. Correct. We believe that this will revolutionize policing. McNutt is an Air Force veteran whose company in Ohio, Persistent Surveillance Systems, wants to... (laughs) Persistent Surveillance Systems. (laughs) In other words, 24 hours a day. We want to watch you all the time. They named their company after it. To roll out the battlefield technology in U.S. cities after he developed it for the military in Iraq. This is actually the camera system here. They're proud of it. He's showing it off for the TV station. He's showing it off. Yeah, we developed this for Iraq. And now we're going to use the surveillance systems that we have in foreign war zones on our own population. Now we're going to use the surveillance systems that were developed to police terrorist uh, organizations around the world. We're now going to do it on you. Don't you feel lucky? Don't you feel safer? Don't you feel protected? Isn't this good? Huh? Can I get a hell yeah? This Cessna is equipped with 12 powerful cameras. It can hover more than a mile above a city for hours at a time, capturing everything in public view. We'll take the picture of a city, 32 square miles of a city, once a second at resolutions that we can just barely follow a person to and from a crime scene where they came from before the crime, even though we may not have known that crime was going to be committed. Don't worry, don't worry. They're only looking for criminals, guys. They're only looking for the criminals. This kind of tech would never, ever, ever be used. You know, this this kind of tech would never fall into the wrong hands. This is totally fine. Setting the precedent of being able to watch an entire city 24 hours a day and track everybody in that city's movements retroactively. So if you end up on, you know, some if you end up on the other side of the city. Uh, somebody can go back to the video and watch exactly how you got there, where you came from, what you were doing, where you where you went, 
Ah, that's what are you worried about? What are you worried about for, huh? Uh, nothing to say here. It's fine. Once someone calls police and reports a crime, technicians can zoom in on a recording of a particular area, essentially turning back the clock to look for evidence. <laughs> Are these spy planes? We can call them community support planes. Oh! <laughs> Propaganda in real time. Propaganda in real time. And the guy is, like I said, he's he's boasting about it. He even winked at the fucking, at the, at the interviewer. He even winked at him. Guys, <laughs> we are so fucked. We are so fucked. <laughs> Communi- what was it? Community support planes? <laughs> what are you dropping off fucking meals for wheels, eh? Are you dropping off food stamps? What are you doing out there? You giving people back rubs? The fuck do you mean community support? Oh, we're supporting the community by by watching them like prisoners 24 hours a day, huh? That's community support. Unreal. For evidence. Are these spy planes? We can call them community support planes. With 348 homicides in 2019. Unbelievable. 19, one of the deadliest years on record, Baltimore plans to start a pilot program in May. St. Louis is also considering it. So are other cities across the country. What do you say to people who argue that this is an invasion? Seems to be a lot of Democrat-run cities doing it. That's the, that's the beautiful, that's, the, that's how they get you. That's the beautiful part about this. That's the sexy part about this. Um. <laughs> What's what's the great? What's one of the uh, common accusations that Republicans will make of Democrats? Right, I, I'll tell you what it is. They say you're not serious about law and order. Right. So this is how you get around that. The Democrats who run these cities will introduce these vast, you know, surveillance networks. These overreaches into personal privacy. And guess what? Guess what? You know this is going to happen. Pretty much all but a few, and I'm talking about like the Rand Pauls, except for them, pretty much all of the Republicans will be on board with it because it's a big contract going to a civil defense guy. It's another big contract. It's another law and order thing. Hey, we're catching the bad guys. Who gives a fuck about privacy? They will cheer it on. Finally, somebody's doing something. Finally. It's about protecting people. It's community support, ladies and gentlemen. Privacy. There are always trade-offs between privacy and security. That's a fucking good night. Good night. That's it. That's it. End of the show. (laughs) And I bet this guy's a big fan of the concert. I bet this guy's a big fan of the Founding Fathers too, huh? I bet he. I bet he. Every time he's at a barbecue or something, he brings up something about the founding fathers that he loves. Well, that Benjamin Franklin, he was a hell of a guy. You know that Benjamin Franklin, like he, you know, he's probably my favorite of the founding fathers. Uh, you know, Benjamin Franklin, very intelligent man. You know, I'm also a fan of Thomas Jefferson. You know, I just, I just love the goddamn Constitution. That's all I can say. And I'm sick. I'm sick of these criminals and these Democrats and these libtar snowflakes coming in here trying to shit up on my Constitution. I'll tell you what. But I'm, you know what? We need law and order too. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of Benjamin Franklin. But there's always going to be a trade-off between security and liberty, honey. Like there ain't nothing you can do about that. <laughs> 
<laughs> speaking with forked tongues. Oh, yeah. No. This isn't a spy plane. This is a community service plane. I'm a big fan of the Founding Fathers. There's always a trade-off between liberty and security. In direct contradiction. In direct contradiction. We've grown to accept cameras at banks. Why? Because it helps deter people from robbing banks. In this case, our goal is to solve otherwise unsolvable crimes so that those people and those families get justice. But the American Civil Liberties Union says this eye in the sky is more than a slippery slope. It's a cliff. It's funny too, you know, like personal anecdote time. Again, when I was younger, when I was a bit more angry, when I was a bit more, you know, as you, as you tend to be when you're younger. Um, I used to, I remember when I was younger and I used to think the civil, uh, civil liberties people were a bit wacky. I thought they were a bit, they're, they're off. You know, like in my early 20s and stuff. I used to used to read about what the Civil Liberties Union was complaining about, and I used to think, ah, oh, these guys are nuts. You know, they're not realistic. Um, they don't care. You know, they they're not they're not in it for the right reasons. They don't care. Um, they're not prepared to do what needs to be done in order to be safe and stuff. And like that didn't last long for me though. Like it was only a few years, and then more kept coming, and more kept coming, and more kept coming, and more kept coming. And I was like, oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> the Civil Liberties guys were right all along. And they continue to be right all along. Uh, Gypsy asking, you were angrier? Yeah, I was angry. I'm not angry. I'm not an angry guy now. Like, you know, I mean, you're here every every day. You know this show. Like, we laugh at most of this stuff. It's very, like I, I've said before, um, you know, in a self-deprecating fashion, but it's pretty accurate. Um, I'm, I'm no longer capable of most human emotions anymore. Uh, the only emotion I'm capable of is fleeting moments of white hot rage. And then, and then it lasts for a few seconds and then it dissipates again. And then I go back to uh, being, you know, completely detached from the reality that uh, everything is going to end up in a great big fucking shit show, crumpled mess, clusterfuck of a heap. And there's absolutely nothing that I can do about it except just sit back and laugh, try and try and make light of the situation. Yeah, at some point over the last, I don't know, five years or so, the reality dawned on me that it doesn't matter, um, you know, what you show people or how you show it to them or what's actually happening. Um, the majority of the time, people won't care and they'll cheer on their own enslavement and there's nothing we can do about it. People are either too too smart or too dumb. They're too smart for it, so they'll rationalise everything away, or they're too dumb and they don't, they just don't pay attention. But either way, um, yeah, I'm not a smart guy, but I'm definitely not a dumb guy. So I don't know. You you try to bring this stuff to smart people, and the smart people will just look for fucking excuses and roundabout arguments and rationalisations. Oh no, you don't understand. Oh, it's crazy. You know. But time after time after time after time, when one level goes to the next level, goes to the next level, I go back to the smart people and say, well, you were fucking wrong about this, you know? Well, you don't understand. So it's pointless. So I don't know. <laughs> Community service planes flying around overhead, tracking people retroactively, tracking their movements. Governments wanting to 
you know, read your personal private uh, encrypted messages now in order to stop fake news. That's literally the excuse. Like, it's not even a good excuse. They're not even bothering with, they don't even bother to give you a good lie anymore. That's how dumb we are. They don't even bother telling us a good story to make us go along with it. They just do it. The Canadian government wants access to your private encrypted messages in order to stop fake news um, manipulating elections. They'll say anything now. It doesn't matter. And there will be millions of people who agree. Unthinking, programmable, empty vessels who will just go along with the tide. Who couldn't care less. Either, Either they want it or they don't care. And I'll tell you that conversation I had with a friend of mine last year whose words keep ringing in my ears every time we do a story like this. When I said to him, he said, you know, he said, I said to him, look, eventually people are going to get sick of this and eventually people will snap out of it. Eventually, like it's going to get to a point where it's all too much for people and they'll wake up. And he said, no, it's never going to happen. He was supremely confident. (laughs) Not an ounce of second thought about it whatsoever. He said, nope. Uh, He said, people are going to build their own prison cells. They're going to march themselves into their own prison cells. They're going to lock the door behind them and then throw away the key because they want to feel safe. That's how it all ends, he said. That's how it ends. They will lock themselves in their own jail cell and throw away the key because somebody has told them that it's going to make them safe. Just every day, every day, every day, every day, just inch a little bit closer. And every time, every time, people keep telling me, got it wrong, you're making too much out of this, it'll never happen here, stop being so hyperbolic, why can't you just agree, why can't you just go along with the team? Huh? Huh? Our team, our guy is never going to do anything bad to us. Our team is the good team. Our guys are the good guys. And, you know, every time I say, no, sorry, can't go along with that. I can't, I can't do that. Can't go along with that fucking idea. And then I'm the cunt. And then I'm the, and then I'm the bad guy. You see, that's how it works. So it is what it is, unfortunately. And, it doesn't appear to be changing anytime soon. But that's all we've got for today's edition of the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry to end on such a somber note. Seems to be a Monday tradition. Don't worry. Like I said, tomorrow, uh, bushfires, uh, body bags, and big boobs. That's what we're doing on the Tuesday night show. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS, at ChrisMC44, at YCensored. Uh, who else have we got? UK Neil. Mr. America, The Beard of Truth, Joy of Pessy, Irrational Times. I saw Robbie Don't Care in the chat before. Follow Robbie Don't Care. Um, Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. See you soon. Bye-bye. Opening the chest right now.